Hi, it's Greg and Lucky. And this is our podcast. If you don't catch us from 5 to 9, this is what you missed. Like he's had a strange man in his house. How's right. the painting going? Yes, uh, going well, actually. Whole upper uh, upper floor is done. And the uh, the main, you know, you got that, that whatever, 40-foot wall mm. and canvas and everything. It's all, uh, he's done a great job nice. so far. Nice. I mean, it's interrupting my napping schedule. That, that can be tough. Anytime you have uh, people in the house doing stuff, working, fixing, uh, <laughs> if you are, uh, well, like us, and there's not many, uh, growing men who nap in the middle of the afternoon right. on a Tuesday. Yeah. Um, but we do. Uh, yeah, it can be a little disruptive, but, uh, you know, boo-hoo us. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> um, but it is amazing to watch people uh, when they're a professional at something compared to you trying it. Like, I, we've had painters and such in the house, and I just stand in awe, and I watch as they, you know, they don't even tape because they don't have to. No, yeah. They just whip around all the windowsills. They never get a drop of paint anywhere that it's not supposed to be, and they can just get it done so fast. I mean, right. What they do in a day would take me two weeks. Well, that's exactly it. And that's what, you know, and this, this guy's like a kind of jack of all trades uh, kind of guy. Yeah. And so they brought him in to do a couple of different things. And then he's just onto the painting now. So, it, all right. Hey, <laughs> better, better than me having to do it. A man in that house who can get things done fast and quick, Perfect. Adrian is going to fall in love. <laughs> <laughs> this is what a man does. Right. It's like when we had our, our guy in doing all the renos, right. you know. And, and and Maria and I and David took down the main wall, which was fun, hammering out all the drywall. And I'm like, oh, I hurt my finger. Oh, you know. <laughs> and then this dude's in there, like, literally swinging like a monkey, hammering things up into the roof. Uh-huh. That's a real man. Yeah. I say, Maria, look the other way. Yeah. <laughs> Nothing to see over here. <laughs> yeah. Um, so let's talk about your shower routine, shall we? Okay. Uh, do you always wash a specific part of uh, your body first, or do you mix it up? Now, uh, a lifestyle expert claims that the spot you scrub first might reveal something about your personality. Oh, Lord. So before I give you the options, yes. what's your routine? Uh, I would say probably like chest first. Chest first. Because I figure at that point we got to get some suds going on the body okay. wash and anything dripping down we're going to pick up and okay. rub around. That's interesting. You okay. start on the chest. Let's look it up here. All right. Your chest. You're honest and loyal, but also stressed out a lot. Okay. <laughs> that's, what, that's probably you. Really? That's my, that's my shower habit. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, okay, I start at, the, at the, the hair and just work my way down. So I just uh, start washing the hair and let all the suds. So you start with, uh, with shampoo? Yeah. And just, oh, that's all I use. I don't use body wash and soap. Oh, that. okay. I just take the big globs of shampoo and scrub it everywhere. Right. Uh, so the hair. You're a homeless, rom- a homeless, hopeless. I'll be homeless soon. <laughs> Keep living the life I lead. I will well, be. It sounds like you don't bother with body wash and stuff like that. You take one shower a month or so. <laughs> That's right. Who needs it? Uh, you're a hopeless romantic who's usually immersed in their own thoughts. Oh, my goodness. Also, you have a temperament of an intellectual and an artist. Right. That's me. That is wrong. That's me completely. Yeah. Uh, if you start with your face, if it's the first place you wash, you love money and might struggle to get along with other people. Okay. If you wash your shoulders first, you're loyal, reliable, devoted, and tend to carry the world on your shoulders. Hmm. Your armpits, you're attentive, but uh, might come across as naive and lacking confidence. What about your junk? 
Doesn't offer that up. Really? Who would do that first? Go straight to the junk. Yeah. I mean, I'm already down there enough as it is. (laughs) Fiddling with it. And if you're random, if you just get in there and are all over the place. Right. uh, No specific order. Then you're an adventurous person who doesn't like to be bored. Okay. So there you go. You're loyal, reliable, devoted, and you're uh, you're stressed. Huh. I think that's spot on for you. <laughs> I mean, look at your life. <laughs> Trying to raise the two kids with Adrian, yeah. the two with the hider. Yeah. I mean, yeah. How do you keep it all right. going? So we got a uh, a drop-dead date on the uh, mask just after March break. Still uh, places that are high risk, probably like uh, public transit, airplanes, uh, subways, this kind of thing. You're still going to have to wear them. I would suggest uh, if you're sitting in an emergency room at a hospital and it's busy, probably good to mask up still for a while. But overall, kids won't be wearing them to school and uh, I guess in the workplace, going to the grocery store, doing whatever, you can go maskless. Some will say, okay, slow down, I'm going to take a little time here. I might still wear the mask. When I'm out and about, others will have that bad boy whipped off pretty fast. I have, uh, throughout this entire process, going back to almost two years ago, March 13th, 2020, I have uh, followed the rules and uh, played along. And for the, uh, it's it's kept me and my loved ones, and I think for the most part, everybody I know, safe. Uh, might have been a couple of people along the way who caught COVID in one strain or another, but uh, lived to fight another day and carry it on. So if they say uh, by the end of March break, we can take the masks off, then I'm taking it off and moving forward. Yeah, and I think, um, you know, we have to be mindful of, fa- of the fact that some people who are, you know, immunocompromised or, or you know, have reason uh, to wear it will continue to do so. Um, and, and just kind of all mind our own business when it comes to it, right? Yeah, I guess so. I, you know, I, I have to bite my tongue occasionally, and I have to, I have to remind myself because I don't know if you've noticed this about me, but I can be a tad judgmental, right? Just, just a hint. And so sometimes, like, I'll walk somewhere, like even in this building, I'll see like another morning show, and they're in there scrubbing everything down still, and I'm kind of giving it a second take. I'm like, <laughs> okay, settle, settle down. But if that makes them comfortable, then I have to just go. All right. Wipe away, right. clean away. Yeah. So, will you uh, don the mask still for a while, or do you think you'll bail on it? Uh, I, I, it depends on the setting, I guess. Uh, for me, um, you know, like, like for instance, the kids' hockey. Uh, you know, going into that dressing room. Mm. You know, there's a, there's a chance I might still wear it. Mm. Um, you know, just because we've had uh, a number of not necessarily cases or at least close uh, contacts or exposures come through. Mm-hmm. Um, and it depends on what I'm doing, right? Like, you know, listen, I've got immunocompromised people in my life. I When I visit them, I wear a mask um, for, for their safety. Uh, and, and I'd probably continue to do so uh, in that scenario. And, you know, it also, you know, listen, I've, I've got some big things on the go personally in terms of, you know, I don't want to have to struggle with this or deal with this and then lose opportunities to call NHL games mm. because I'm in isolation, right? So I might take a, a few extra precautions as a result of that. I think you're going with the mask because that basically covers off your entire life. Hockey, visiting your right. parents. Yeah. I guess you're going to keep the mask on. No but, no, but it won't be in every in every setting, right? right. Like, you know, 
around in big buildings and, mm. and that sort of thing, going into the rinks. And, and no, but mm. you know, in a closed dressing room with seventeen kids who've been at school without masks that mm. day, I may. I don't know. I haven't decided. Well, but the, the, the I may thing, decide in that scenario to do it. The thing about wearing the mask into the dressing room that still helps is at least you cover some of that gross, horrible oh, hockey bag oh, oh, sweat oh, stink. Just spray my mask down with Febreze first. Uh, I used to, I used to literally gag going into the dressing room to help David put on his equipment. Right. Oh, man. Well, it didn't help that I was hung over like a bear yeah. trying to tie up his skates. There are, there are a few. Like you, you bend over to tie a hockey skate, and you think, like, do you have a bag of Doritos oh. <laughs> like oh. somewhere in your equipment? So gross. It's so <laughs> gross. Because that smell is nasty. It's terrible. Yeah, it really is. So it's been almost two years, and some of the things that uh, were happening two years ago, people have been talking about what they did as kind of the last thing they did before lockdowns happened on March 13th of uh, 2020, like going to a concert or some kind of family event. Yeah, I think it was the Glorious Sun show for, for us. us it right? was, yeah, end of February at the Scotiabank Arena. Right. right. And uh, outside of that, I don't quite remember. You know, it was winter, so once again, just like now, kind of not doing much of anything. Obviously talking about Easter and getting together, I guess we were planning something for around Easter. Many people were bags packed and ready to go for March break. Um, but things that happened that seemed like an eternity ago now, even though it was only two years ago, Brad Pitt and Jennifer Aniston, there was rumors they were getting back together. Oh, that really? was happening back yeah, then. Yeah, that's true. Uh, uh, Oompa Loompa, Donald Trump was acquitted on both articles of impeachment. Um, that was the second round. That was the time second around. time yeah. around. <laughs> Prince Harry and Meghan Markle announced they were stepping back from their royal duties. Okay. Uh, Megit, Mexit, uh, Megxit, I think Megxit, is what they were right, calling yeah. it at the time. Sonic the Hedgehog and Bad Boys for Life were in the theaters. Okay. Mr. Peanut died and came back as a baby, if you remember that, from really? the Super Bowl ad. Yeah, that's, oh, that's right. They killed him off. Uh, Tiger King had just come out. Well, right. actually came out March 20th, so yeah. just kind of that first week or so. But that was our first, you know... Quarantine binge. Yeah. It was Tiger King. Yeah. Oh, man. And speaking of binging, what were we doing at the grocery stores two years ago? Toilet paper. Do you remember that? Lots of it. How insane that got. And nothing else, really. Like, everything else was on the shelf, if I remember correctly. Did you notice uh, in the past couple of weeks, by the way, like uh, potato chips? Yeah, it's the Frito-Lays war against Loblaws. Yeah. Yeah. My buddy Pete Neal, who owns Neal Brothers Potato Chips, he's been in the press quite a bit recently. Uh, because I guess they have upped their game, stocking Loblaws shelves with their chip Okay. to play in place of the Frito Lays. Right. You're asking a guy who survives on potato chips. I, well, have I, I know, know what I mean. <laughs> have I noticed? <laughs> would, have, would have figured you'd had a, a panic attack in the middle of that uh, aisle. Well, we solved it because uh, Ariel, my son's girlfriend, came home from Costco with this like massive bag of salt and vinegar potato chips. Yeah, all those little Costco bags to pass. This Vicky's salt and right. vinegar. It's yeah. just, this thing is a hockey bag. Yeah, it's great. <laughs> <laughs> if you need to replace one of the kids' hockey bags, I can give you this thing. Are you guilty of this? Just under uh, half of parents admit they have done their kids' homework for them at least once. Oh, yeah. You have done it for them? Uh, I think probably, at least, or at least helped, yeah. yeah. Just, oh, to get helping. It, just to get it done with. But I mean, like, by helping, I mean, like, mostly. <laughs> mostly doing Here's it. the answer. Let's really? go. Really? Yeah. Well, you're in a rush. We got all sorts of crap going on. Or, or he's forgotten to do it or didn't tell us he had homework. Wow. Yeah. I would say, yeah. 
Like, well, have I sat down physically, wrote it? No. But I've stood over top of them and said, all right, let's finish it up. Most parents uh, have a hard time understanding their kids' homework assignments across all subjects. Math is the one kids tend to ask for help with the most. And that, right. I never did. Uh, I don't think I ever did any of my kids' homework, but I probably fall under that uh, umbrella of just not understanding what the hell it was anyhow. <laughs> On the flip side of it, I also have said, forget it, I'm not helping you take the zero. Yeah. Right? Well, like, I think I, yeah. You know, we, we've done both. I mean, I think I've if, you had know... the crying and the tears to deal with both. I think if, you know, if you're if you're helping him finish his homework because he's got to get to hockey practice, I would I would suggest he miss hockey practice over getting the homework done. Right. Well, and, and again, it's it's... It's not that, okay, we've got to get here now. Let's Here, let me do this for you. It's, we got home from it. It's mm. 9 o'clock at night. Right. You said, oh, no, I forgot we've got homework. It's like, oh, my goodness. There's, there's a lot of swearing involved with it. I yeah, oh, I would think so. You. I would think. As I mentioned yesterday when we were talking about March break and hockey parents, you know, I've been through all of that. And I look back on my life and raising kids and, and all of that as much as, you know, because we always pine. We always look back. We always say, oh, uh, you know, it was so great. It was so this. No, it wasn't. No, no, really, it really, for the most part, it really wasn't. I mean, you love them and you want them around and all that stuff. I enjoy them completely now right? because they're not my problem. <laughs> they're grown adults who have to figure it out for themselves. They come to me occasionally and we discuss stuff. But then I say, you're on your way. Gotcha. Go, go figure it out. So, you know, as you sit there and you look back at old photos, you go, oh, look at how great. No, it wasn't. Right. It wasn't great at all, (laughs) ever. (laughs) Whenever we can, we like to uh, brighten your day as much as we can. Perhaps, you know, it's midweek and it's another winter day. and Maybe you're disappointed you're not going away from March break, don't have the money to do it, can't afford the gas for the car, groceries are going up, everything's a bummer. So if we can share a story with you and make you realize that Although you may feel like your life's in the pooper right now, there's others who have it worse. And this is a perfect example of that. A woman came home from work last Thursday. And her husband of 21 years had promised, promised to have dinner ready. Okay. But he forgot. (laughs) And he went out drinking with his buddies instead. (laughs) So the wife waited up. All night for him. Wow. I'm getting shivers just thinking of walking through that door. Right. When he finally got home, she grabbed a spear gun meant for fishing and harpooned him in the junk. Wow. It went right through the base of his manhood. (laughs) One in a million shot, Doc. That's right. (laughs) Then to make sure he knew she meant business, she grabbed the harpoon and twisted it. Ah! (laughs) Wait a minute. He wasn't sure she meant business before? Uh, She was sending a message. Now, he was so drunk... He didn't realize how bad the injury was at first. I think that would sober me up pretty fast. Yeah. So he didn't go to the hospital until the next morning. Oh, my goodness. Needed 17 stitches to close the wound. That was it? What would hurt more, that harpoon going in or the stitching of your junk? Sounds like he's going to be okay. Not clear if the wife is facing charges. And it sounds like they're staying together. (laughs) But you got 21 years in. (laughs) 
He says... You want salmon or tuna for dinner tomorrow? <laughs> he says he's planning to stay a while, for a little while, give her a chance to cool down, and then we'll see where we're at. And you imagine. See? See? Maybe you got a screaming kid in the back seat. Maybe yeah. you just had a big screaming match with your wife. Maybe you got a boss who's, you know, breaking your balls day in and day out. Maybe you're having trouble meeting the mortgage. But at least you don't have a <laughs> <laughs> in your pants. Do you think at uh, some point uh, during the uh, hockey game, maybe in the dressing room last night, Leafs cracking, where uh, Wayne Simmons might have turned to Austin Matthews and said, I can't have this one thing. <laughs> I can't have this game, this moment, spotlight on me, thousand games. Right. You got to have a hat trick as well. Uh-huh. You got to be in the spotlight. I can't have this one thing. Anyhow, congratulations to Wayne. What a, what a career. And growing up in Scarborough and anybody who uh, is from Scarborough certainly had heard of Wayne Simmons mm-hmm. and the life he's led. And uh, seems to be, in all accounts, a hell of a guy. Uh, you know, the Leafs, uh, you know, I'm on the fourth line, I think, now. And certainly uh, he's... You know, he's only 33, but in hockey years, that's that's old. And a 1,000 games puts a lot of wear and tear on your body. So he's not getting the ice time and the goals he once did. But as many Leaf players say, they'd rather have him on their bench than have to play against him. So, right. Yeah. Even, well, even at this stage. Well, one of those kind of you know grit guys. Yeah. Uh, you know, certainly a sandpaper player who's a, a good teammate to have because mm-hmm. he's a protector uh, in there as well. Uh, and, uh, and, you know... He's not here to score goals necessarily, mm. but play that hard checking game and and help out. And he's done a great job of that. And you know, I, I said this before when John Tavares signed in Toronto that this was the this was the door opening for other players from the GTA mm. who didn't want to have the pressure of being the guy to bring the cup to Toronto. Mm-hmm. Tavares took that pressure and and it opened the door for guys like Spezza and Simmons to come back, even Thornton mm-hmm. here ago, to come back, you know, maybe finish out their careers or, or at least, you know, enjoy the final times of their careers around their family, being able to watch them play. And that's a huge part of it. When you, you think of how nomadic the lifestyle really is in the NHL, we say, okay, mm-hmm. how hard can it be? You're making millions of dollars to play this game. But, you know, you're gone for a, a very long time as, as a player. Uh, and, you know, I, I think that the Tavares signing allowed guys like Simmons to say, yeah, I'll come back home and play my last couple of years in front of, of family and friends. He could have his parents there for the ceremony last night, his wife and kids. Mm-hmm. And it's uh, and, and it's so much just more enjoyable for them. And I watched the thing on YouTube the other day. It was pretty cool. Uh, I think it was called um, uh, like, like Three Course Conversation or something like that, uh, where they had you know, Mark Fraser, a former Leaf, sit down uh, with a couple of Leafs. And it was Wayne Simmons, uh, I think uh, Jack Campbell, Austin Matthews and Jason Spezza, but they were they basically pick a leaf or a player and uh, and they get three courses of their culture's food. Oh, okay. And uh, and sit down and just chat life, hockey, and culture. Mm. And they did it with Wayne Simmons, and so mm. you know he was having you know goat curry and patties and rum cake or something of the three courses. And, but it was a very interesting conversation. Mm. If you want to watch it, it's about half an hour long. Yeah, much as uh, Tavares has opened that door, there's still that one dude in Tampa who's like, no, I'm I'm fine. Right. 
I've seen Markham. I don't need it. I'm, I'm on Have the Have you seen his life Have there? Have you seen my condos? Yes. That's with an S. That's plural. Right. Uh, Tampa, I'll stay. Thank you. Um, Will Farrell, uh, growing up, big sports guy, studied to be a sports journalist, actually, before he ended up with the growlings and, and, uh, and going on to SNL. Uh, baseball, he's done some documentaries around baseball. Uh, loves all of it, and and basketball, obviously, as well. And he showed up at a Golden State Warriors uh, warm-up last night uh, in his full semi-pro uh, <laughs> Jackie Moon, Moon character, yeah. <laughs> and, you know, now, of course, Will Ferrell's aging, as we all are, so that hair of his is like his gray, and it's all curly, and with the sweatband, it was all up in the air. He, he just looked ridiculous. Fantastic. Yeah, anyhow, the I guess the Warriors didn't realize uh, he was coming on because Clay Thompson and others, you can see them cracking up. <laughs> but he's still got some chops. He's got game when it comes to shooting. He sank one from the logo, which is practically half court. Wow. Oh. Yeah. Of course, I think he traveled with the ball a bit before that he be. turfed it, but good on him. And what a year or so for Aaron Rodgers. Here's a guy who at one point could have hung up the cleats to go be the host of Jeopardy. Right. It seemed like he was, <sighs> was on the way. And then, of course, it all went sideways with the anti-vax stuff. And people were talking about, is he even going to stay in Green Bay? And, he, you know, first he said he was, he, there was, a, he was allergic to the vaccine. That was his first out. Then he just went full anti-vax with all the buzzwords about, I'm doing my research and ivermectin and all of that stuff. And so people were like, dude, what are you doing? But none still of that won, seems to matter. Still won the MVP and won himself a really big paycheck. Yes, sir. They're saying could be the uh, highest paid player in the history of the NFL. Tom Brady's like, well, hold on. Right, well, yeah. hold the phone. <laughs> I'll come back for one yeah, more year. that's right. Uh, they're saying, although he's not admitting to it, four-year contract worth $200 million. If you do the math, that's $50 million a year. Yeah, and uh, well, and the thing with NFL contracts is they're not necessarily guaranteed, mm-hmm. but they're saying a chunk of this, like $153 million of it, guaranteed. Wow, wow. Yeah. You know, he could just step out the first down, throw it to the other team, and quit. <laughs> <laughs> right. Walk away with $153 million. Somewhere, Olivia Munn turns to John Mulaney and <laughs> says, and how much do you make again? Rock Mornings with, with Craig Venn and Lucky. Lucky. 94.9 The Rock.